The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Thanks for joining us as we start out the week together. We're glad you're with us. I trust you had a great day in church yesterday and hope it was an encouragement to just get around uh, God's people and get into God's word and sing his praises together. And we're glad you're with us. Uh, if you've been following along with us, we have been st- going through for the last few episodes to the book of Job. Uh, and we're going to pick up in Job chapter 3. Now, as we kind of put a reminder where we're coming from, we're talking about a man who has once a very wealthy man, has lost all his wealth, has lost his children, um, has, you know, you can see the grief he is enduring. You see the pain his wife is enduring. We talked about that on Friday. Um, and, and you can often look and say, we don't get it. Now, as a reminder, we, we have a benefit when you read the book of Job. The reason the book of Job, one of the core reasons it was placed into scripture is not just to see a godly man endure trials, but to under, get a little bit of an understanding as to why and to the background. And we know in the first couple chapters, we see that uh, this really was a debate between Satan and God. Satan was allowed into the presence of God. And when he was allowed into the presence of God, uh, he was debating and God was bragging a Job. And this is kind of all we came down to. By the way, from doing this, I was asked a great question. I just wanted to, I said it Wednesday night, last Wednesday, but I think it's a great answer. It was a challenge for me to research this and I thought it was great. The question was, since God cannot look on sin, how come Satan can be allowed into his presence since he's the father of sin? And we could spend a lot of time debating. The very short answer to that is that there's really nowhere in Scripture that says God cannot look on sin. We know that God turned his back on Jesus on the cross as part of the punishment for man's sin. But God is omnipotent. God's omnipresent. God's omniscient. He's everywhere. He knows everything. His Holy Spirit lives inside of us sinful creatures. So the idea that he can't look on sin is a faulty. One man said it's a preacherism. Maybe one man said it, it sounds good, but it's simply not biblical. And so you just eliminate the premise. There's nowhere that says that God cannot look on sin. God will not allow sin into, his, into heaven, and that's us. And in ultimately, we can't get to heaven because to live in heaven demands perfection. Uh, and so there's a, and then a lot of things when it comes to the supernatural realm we just don't have information on. I would encourage you, don't, don't create scenarios based on things for which we have no or limited information. It just wasn't for us to know. It's not that God was holding out. It's just not for us to know. We will figure it. We will learn uh, in, in due time. So we see a little bit of this back and forth between God and Satan. So now what you've got is now here is Job. Job has lost everything. Uh, at least, you know, we would say that. He's lost his finances. He's lost his family, all of family, but his wife. He's physically paying. You can imagine the loss. So what we're going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read now. If you were to take the time, I won't do it today. You could read all of chapter three. All of chapter three talks really, we're just going to look at a few verses and I want to give us an idea. So let's read a few verses. The rest of the chapter goes into more detail. I encourage you to read it, but I won't go through verse by verse in this chapter. But chapter three, verse one, after this, Remember, they, his three friends had come. They'd sat for seven days. After this, Job, his, he opened Job his mouth. Here's what happened. He cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish when I was born. And the night in which I was said, there was a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death sustain it, and let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined into the days of the year. Let it not come in the numbers of the months. Let, lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come 
therein. Let them curse it that curse today who are ready to raise up their mourning. Now, what's he doing? Um, I don't want to downplay this, but there was a simple illustration. You ever been in a scenario where it seems like everything is falling apart so bad you say, man, I wish I hadn't gotten up this morning. I wish I had been born. That's kind of what he's saying. He literally is saying, I wish I'd never been born. And he goes into, you go to the next, he goes into more graphic detail what he looks like. But he's just, he's sitting there saying, I wish I'd never been born. Now, please remember, it was stated more than once, and, and rightfully so, that in, in all of this happened, Job never charged God or sinned. He didn't charge God foolishly. He did not sin. So if, in that understanding of Scripture, we get a little bit of understanding of what God put in Scripture to give us an understanding of dealing with grief. So Job sits there, and Job, you know, he, he's... He, at one point, was very wealthy, enjoyed great blessing, and he had a great relationship with God. Um, he had a great wife. He had, he had everything you could ever possibly want and more. And now he sits with all that loss. He doesn't blame God. He doesn't get angry. He just simply says, you know, I wish I'd just never been born. And here's what he's saying. The pain that I am enduring is greater than any joy that I have ever had in life. Now, I'm not saying that he was suicidal. He's not coming saying, I think I'm going to kill myself. What he's saying is, I wish I'd never been born. Uh, there's a big difference between those two. Now, I will say grief can, without a doubt, grief can get so great that it will bring you to a point, if we allow it to, to a point where some would say, it's, I'd rather just not be alive, and that's different than this. He says, I wish I'd have been born. That doesn't mean I want to take my life. When you have a strong relationship with God, yeah, while you say, man, I wish I wasn't here, I haven't been born, that doesn't mean you, want, you have the right to take what God gave you. Uh, but what we, we can see that. That's why I think, one, it's important. He wasn't alone. God brought three friends, and again, we'll see him moving on that not all of their advice was great, but they were there. He was not alone in this. And so he went through this grief, and he was not alone. Later, we'll, have, we'll see a conversation between him and God. So we look at this, and we see a legitimate pain that he's going through, and we see the excessiveness of this. And can I also say we see the relatable nature. Sometimes people look at Job as a superhero. Well, Job just never didn't struggle with this. He went through all of this and never had a problem. No, 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 no. He didn't sin. He didn't judge God foolishly. It doesn't mean he wasn't struggling. He was in pain, uh, he was in grief, and he even sat there and said, I think it would have been better for me in the world had I'd never been born. It, it was a reality, it's a, it's a truth of what happens as we sometimes get to that point. Grief gets so bad. Can, can I encourage you in this time? Grief sometimes will get that bad. It is overwhelming, um, but it doesn't mean it has to be. Uh, grief is grief, it needs to be dealt with. I will encourage you, and it needs to run its course. You know, there's the five stages of grief and all those different things. I do believe it needs to run its course. I do believe also that God gives us grace to go through that process, to be able to do it well. God gives us grace to be able to go through it and to be able to come out on the other side and be, still be able to live in fulfillment and joy. Uh, that doesn't mean there won't be some kind of loss, but that, that doesn't mean we can not live without that loss. Unfortunately, part of living life is part of learning to live with loss. Uh, so I'm not trying to downplay that, but my point is this. If you think, well, I've lost this, there's no point, and you come to an absolute part of despair, um, one, you might not be with Christ. You might not even have Christ. You might have religion, but not Christ. And I'm not saying that having Christ eliminates all of the pain and, and it won't hurt anymore, but I'm telling you, you, you come to this without him. You come to him without much hope. You come to him with, you come to these problems with God, there is hope, and that is, and by the way, when I use the word hope, that someone the other day made a comment to me. I thought it was phenomenal. We, if we use the word hope from today's standard, it's empty. Hope is, man, I really hope something's happening, but I'm not really sure it will. 
Well, that's an emptiness. Biblical hope is what we call a confidence. A confident hope, and it's not just confidence, because it's a it's confident expectation is the way we put it. Not only do we have confidence going to happen, we're expecting, we're excited, we believe that what we have confidence in will happen. God's going to come back. We have hope, but we have confidence, but that's exciting. It's good news, right? We can endure this pain and confidence, and there's an expectation that there is a bright, there is the other side of this. So while we see the reality of the thinking of Job, Job again was very honest. Can I, here's a simple thought. When we go through pain, be honest. Just sit down with God and be honest. Lord, man, I, why? What's going on? This hurts. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to process. I don't know what to do. The next step, you've got to go through. Remember, the emotions you have are given by God, and they, you need to process them. You need to let them do what God gave them to you to do to be able to process and move forward. Uh, if it's part of life. It, it's not an easy part of life, but it is. I think you need God to go through it. Without it, it's, it's, it's very, very complicated. But with God, there is, there is this confident expectation, this hope, this, this guarantee that there is something on the other end when you get through the other side. And so if you haven't come to God for salvation, I encourage you to do that. But I also say, if you're in the midst of something, God cares. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And so would you, would you look to him? find comfort in Him. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday morning, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I, I do appreciate it. I don't take it lightly, and I'm greatly uh, appreciative of the opportunity I have uh, to teach God's Word and to be part of your day. We hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. We hope you join us again tomorrow.